This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and this is our View of the Opposition show as I talk to someone who supports Fulham's opposition for the upcoming match. In this episode, I'll be talking to Larry Guinan, who is an Arsenal supporter. He's on to give us the Arsenal perspective for this upcoming match on New Year's Day. Larry, you were on a couple months ago. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Yeah, glad to be here, Russ. Had fun. <laughs> well, it was Great having you on back then. Unfortunately, the result was terrible for Fulham. We'll talk a little bit about that because we want your thoughts on that in just a bit. But I look forward to this upcoming match, and there's some interesting situations going into it, injury-related, actually, for both sides. So we'll talk about that. But before we do that, let's start from the top. Let's go back. Let's talk about after the Fulham match for Arsenal and talk about your season after that but don't include the Liverpool match because we'll talk about that separately. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a weird start to the season a little bit uh, for Arsenal. I, I think I recall at the time of the Fulham game, I had been um, talking about how um, Arsenal had been winning and, and getting pretty decent results, but not necessarily playing all that well. And that really continued for um, a, a long time. They had a, a very long unbeaten streak, uh, 20-something games in all competitions. Um, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of those games where they, they didn't necessarily play all that well. And, and it always felt like a little bit of a, a fragile streak that, um, you know, that that couldn't really uh, stand for, you know, it felt weird that it continued for as long as it did because, um, you know, there were games where they looked quite decent and, um, you know, everything else. But for the most part, it was always very patchy that they'd be able to put some stuff together for a few minutes at a time or for one or two moves at a time, enough to get a couple of goals and win the games. But um, they always looked quite fragile, um, and uh, you know, eventually that unbeaten streak came uh, to an end against uh, uh, Southampton. But you know, I think the, the kind of games before that are sort of illustrative of, of, kind of what I'm talking about because um, yeah. 
you know, they, they beat Tottenham in the North London Derby, uh, and they were really good in that game. Um, you know, they looked fragile at the back, like they, they have done all season, but um, they actually probably, you know, dominated possession quite a bit more than they had tended to do, even against teams not nearly as good as Tottenham. Um, but, you know, they didn't dominate possession for the entire game. Tottenham were too good for that. But they were able to control it and uh, and were fully deserving 4-2 winners um, in that game. Um, you know, they, they had gone in or, or they had gone 2-1 down and it felt a little bit like robbery at, at that point. But um, really fought back well and, and deservedly ran out winners in that game. And, and then the very next game, um, you know, they went... Uh, up to Old Trafford and drew two all with Manchester United, and that really felt like two points dropped because both teams were terrible. Um, and it's just at the moment, or for the last few years, it's just felt like any trip to Old Trafford for Arsenal is they, they can't seem to put a performance together up there, and that was kind of the case there. They, they a couple of horrible defensive mistakes, and it was just a couple of points left slip. Um, you know, Man United are ter- well. Prior to that was prior to Mourinho's being firing, so right. um, you know prior to their last little rebounds under Solskjaer, um, you know they were awful, we were awful, and really it, it was kind of an embarrassment, and the whole thing like for for two teams that had kind of fallen from prior uh, heights, and uh, that game was an illustration of how far really away from from uh, the top of the table uh, they both are. Um, so you know, and and then um, you know a couple of games later. You know, the Chickens came home to roost against Southampton, uh, where, where right. they finally got beaten. Um, so, you know, it, it's been, it, it, yeah, it, it was a weird sort of, it's been a weird sort of a season. Um, you know, the results have been a lot better for the most part than um, I think a lot of Arsenal fans would have expected going into the system or into the season. It is a, a transition year, obviously, um, after the, the Wenger era. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of point at a lot of, concrete things that have said, oh, well, this is much better now. There are, there are certainly some things that have changed, but, you know, uh, the, the defense, most critically, doesn't seem like it's um, really uh, rebounded to where we need it to be yet. And, you know, we'll see how that goes out and take time, obviously. Okay, very good. And uh, we're going to talk about the Liverpool match in just a second. But before, I want to go back to you because you, you talked about this, and uh, it will also go to when we talk about the first time the teams played, Fulham and Arsenal. I understand where you're going on them being fragile defensively and, and that they're vulnerable, but you have the quality and uh, I still see that and Aubameyang it just reeks of quality. So with you trying to get to where you want to be, this is actually a good start. I understand what you're talking about. Maybe the results are better than what you thought they were, but I think eventually the performances will be better to match up with what you're getting points wise. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I hope that's the case. I hope it doesn't kind of go the other way. Um, you know, and, and certainly at the moment, sure. it's going going a little bit more the other way. I mean, I I think you know it's clear Arsenal have a lot of quality players. I mean, absolutely, Yang and Lacazette, um, you know, and the supporting cast kind of in behind. There, there are a lot of game breakers there, um, and then, you know, like I said, you you only need guys like that to be able to put <clears throat> put it together a couple of times in a game, and, and like Aubameyang. Um, goals to shots ratio or goals to chances ratio or whatever you know whichever one of those kind of advanced stats you want to kind of measure it, it's off the charts like he really you know and, and it's weird because occasionally he'll miss like a stone cold sitter um, but like generally if he gets a chance he, he takes it like his, his percentage wise in, in that regard is, is, is 
right up uh, out up there with anyone in Europe. Like he, he really is lethal. He's, he's top class in that regard. Um, and and you know, um, and that's the thing. I mean, if if because the performances have been off a slight bit, like if Aubameyang slips from that height that he's at, um, it actually would have quite a significant effect on the results. Because if he doesn't if he doesn't keep that efficiency in the chances. Um, then you know we'll, we'll kind of see that the results will slip because because the performances haven't uh, been creating um, a sheer number of, of chances. We've just been really good at taking the ones we we create for the most part. So yeah, um, no, listen, yeah. I understand that you you know and again going to the full match, you were just lethal. We're talking about Lacazette yeah. and Bami. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that was kind of a you know because I, I, I think I recall was was that one all at halftime and I think Fulham were pretty decent money I think yeah. um, in the first half um, for it uh, but then yeah like Arsenal's quality just kind of came out in that second half yeah it took over wa- yeah there there was that one amazing goal where they uh, broke uh, on the counter attack from um, right near their own end line and, and Ramsey had to finish and touch to it it was one of the goals of the season so. That's the quality they can they can put together, um, you know. But uh, unfortunately, what they haven't been able to put together is just the kind of control of games, like being able to just okay, we've we've got a goal or we've got two goals, um, let's just kind of dominate now. Let's let's be boring and and just you know, <laughs> dominate the possession and and uh, and uh, you know see it out and you know maybe get another goal or two if we can. But um, yeah, that that lack that there's no control of games in that regard. Okay. I'm glad that you mentioned that because it sounds like obviously you have the finishers. You're just looking for a complete performance. Yeah, is that basically yeah. where you're going, Larry? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's just like I said, the lack of control. I think is the key thing. Um, you know, um, the, the midfield has generally not been able to own that area um, for for large periods of games. Um, so that's that's one of the key areas, and of course, you know, the defenders have been a shambles as well. So, um, you know, the combination of those two things is, is where the, the fragility comes in. Okay, excellent. All right, we do have to talk about the Liverpool match. I watched part. Do we have to briefly? How about briefly? <laughs> that's all right. It'll be good therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your thoughts about this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I was kind of. Um, Fearing that something like this might happen coming into that game, given uh, how they've been uh, going in in the few games prior, um, you know, like again, it, it's really just down to um, the lack of kind of cohesion in that defence and, and the, the individual errors and you know the errors as a group. Um, you know, they're, they're, it, it's it's kind of like the defence has kind of gotten worse as the season has gone on, and that's been partially down to. Um, I think some personnel issues. So they've yep. had a lot of injuries. Uh, Holding has been out for is out for the season, which is a huge blow because he he has been excellent when he's played. Uh, he really had earned himself a first team spot. And uh, you know both the first choice fullbacks are out, and we've learned that their replacements, Lick Steiner, is really out of his depth. Um, we've learned as the season has gone on, and Kalasinac, uh, you know he's a good wing back. He's um, barely mediocre as a fullback. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, 
then you know we, we've had to chop and change at the centre back positions, and you know so a lot of those chickens came home to roost. Um, and and another factor against Liverpool, I think, was um, very disappointingly uh, Lucas Torreira did not have a good game, um, and he really has been the bright he's spot. He's the one that you talked a great deal about the first time we talked. Yeah, and, and he's really been excellent um, all season, and he's very quickly became a, a fan favourite amongst Arsenal fans. Um, you know, he was really kind of what we had been looking for um, in terms of that midfield, defensive midfielder, a little kind of terrier in the middle of the field who's, who's going to make interceptions and, and make challenges and, and get in people's faces. But yeah, against Liverpool, it was his worst performance of the season. He got turned a number of times just way too easily. Um, and a couple of those instances led to goals. Um, you know, so he, he was not at his best. And, you know, maybe he needs a rest because we've been very um, reliant on him and he, he's had an awful lot of work to do trying to protect that back line. Uh, I don't know if he, he's maybe just uh, a bit worn out uh, coming from Serie A. He may not uh, be used to the relentlessness, especially over the, the Christmas period. I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm trying to make excuses for him because I like him so much and all Arsenal fans do. He really is has been excellent, and he's a very easy player to like when when you see him play. Um, so uh, yeah, but but he was not good against Liverpool, and you know the defenders just again were were complete uh, shambles, individual errors, um, just a, a lot of poor things kind of happening there. So it it kind of yeah it it, it my worst our worst fears kind of came to light there against Liverpool, and and really it just kind of shows. Again, um, you know, the gap that Arsenal need to bridge to that level um, and how far off the top they are. And, and you know, that's OK. It's a reality check. Um, you know, they've got a gap now up to the Champions League places and, right. and now Manchester United are recovering behind them. So they're going to be in that competition, are in the fight for that again, whereas we thought maybe they were going to be out of it. But, um, you know, they've, they've got to rebuild now because uh, that, that game just, uh, you know. And again, you know, the thing is, even in that uh, 5-1 pacing, um, Arsenal did have some chances. Like, even beyond the goal they scored uh, to go ahead, um, Aubameyang missed a good chance, and there were a couple of other uh, decent chances. You know, they, they were able to create some chances, and they weren't as efficient as they had been in taking those and combined that with... Uh, uh, the day the defense was having, and uh, you know that's the result you're going to get. Okay, I wanted to go right back to real quick because you were talking about the fullbacks, and the fullbacks, if I can remember correctly, were key against Fulham. And now you're telling me yeah. that that could be an issue here for Arsenal, injury related. So let's talk about that because if I remember correctly, you get a lot of your width from these fullbacks. Yeah, they do. So and. and um... You know, so he's been playing a lot lately with um, sort of a, a tree at the back, so with wing backs essentially. Um, right. And I, it's not clear whether it's because Emery prefers that system or if it's because because holding is out and some of the other first choice centre backs have been out. He thinks the others aren't good enough to play as a two, and so he needs the security of a tree. Uh, there's a suspicion that that's been the case. It's because he thinks that he needs the security of a tree because there isn't, you know, but we've had, that's kind of resulted in Granite Xhaka playing at centre-back a couple of times, which right. is not um, confidence-inspiring uh, for anyone. Uh, but, you know, so, but assuming that that's going to be the case, that he's going to play as wing-back. So, yeah, right, all the width really... I meant as wing-back, but go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah. All, all, all the width um, will kind of come from them. Even And even if they are playing as a four, they'll still um, get forward quite a lot. But, sure. yeah, so, I mean, Arsenal's two best fullbacks on either side are, are Nacho Monreal and Hector Bellerin. And, you know, they brought in uh, Stefan Lichtsteiner for free from the Juventus at the start of the year to be competition for Bellerin that he hadn't had. And the hope was, it was like, oh, well, this is... You know, he's free, um, he's very experienced, he'll give Bellerin a run for his money and maybe Bellerin, who's kind of had, um, I suppose, you know, a, kind of a slump a little bit. He sort of flatlined after the start of his career. He hadn't really kind of kicked on and the hope was that he would kind of learn some stuff from, from Lickshiner and, and kind of kick on. And he has, in fairness, Bellerin has been very good um, this season. But when Lickstiner has had to play, the more he's had to play, the more exposed he's gotten. Like, really, okay. he just, um, age, I think, has caught up with him. I just don't think he's uh, cut out for it at this level anymore. Um, so, you know, I don't see him really having a, a future at Arsenal beyond. I, I, th- I don't know if he's on a one-year or two-year contract, but, um, you know, whenever. <laughs> I'd be surprised if he's there after this year because he really has shown he's not uh, capable at this level. So, um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles um, played a wing-back um, against Liverpool as they were playing three at the back. And Nick Sander was playing as a centre-back. But again, whether it's a centre-back or full-back, Nick Sander is certainly not cut out. Maitland-Niles is a young player and he's really more of a midfielder, but he has filled in a lot at both full-back positions. Um, so, I, Bellerin and Monreal, I think, are both... Um, Day to day, as far as being ready for the film game, okay. I'm not sure. If, I think, but you know, Monreal's been out for longer. I think so. I'd say there's more chance of Bellerin playing than uh, Monreal. And plus, if Glasnatch is fit, he's not as bad, let's say, as um, Nick Steiner or whatever. So he there's more chance he might have some fit in, in Glasnatch if he's playing as a wing back. So we'll, we'll see how. Um, you know, the fitness uh, stacks up and uh, who's available. Um, I haven't actually had a chance to, to see what the, the early news is on that. But um, I think that there will be key. Um, you know, right. I'd be much happier if either or both of Bellerin or Monreal are playing versus uh, uh, either the other two. That's why I wanted to ask you, any other injury concerns going into the match? Um, yeah, so those two are probably the most key ones. I mean, obviously, um, I mean, Danny Welbeck is out for the season. Rob Holding is out for the season. That's a big loss. Um, Henrik Mkhitaryan is out, and he's probably not going to be back for a few weeks. Um, there are a few others that I think had some knocks. Like, Kalasinac has struggled to stay fit for more than two games at a time. Um, I don't think he... Uh, I don't think I saw anything about him being hurt, but he usually is. And, and of course, Ozil... Who knows what's going on with Ozo? I mean, he officially, I think he had a knock uh, uh, for the Liverpool game. Um, officially, he's had a knock for a lot of games this season. But, um, you know, the suspicion is, is that that's really kind of a cover story to avoid, um, you know, blowing up the fact that it seems like Emery just does not have face in Resident Ozo and that the two really are, are not kind of getting along as far as the role. Um, uh, whatever role Ozil, the, uh, Ozil has in Emery's team. Um, you know, so I think a lot of these injuries, I suspect, are, are kind of phantom uh, and really just cover stories. Okay. So, you know, whether he is available for them, I don't know. And if he is available, whether he'll play, you know, again, I, I really don't know. But, uh, you know, it, that's something that uh, has come to a head as well. Okay, very good. Key players, I, I look at two. Uh, but it could be very different from you. I, I, I have to look at Aubameyang and Lacazette because uh, they scare 
the heck out of me. And they're like we talked about earlier, lethal. But would that be where you would go as key players for Arsenal against Fulham? Or is there another player or players that you think need to play well to get all three points? Yeah, no, for sure. Aubameyang, Lacazette, um, you know, the one, I don't know if he'll play both. Well, I mean, being at home, I suspect he probably will, um, you know, play both. Um, you know, we've seen at times that he'll uh, just play one up front and start. Usually it's been Lacazette on the bench. Um, but, uh, yeah, he may play both um, at home against Fulham. Um, so, and for sure, you know, that's where we expect the goals to come from. Um, right. You know, we, we haven't actually been getting really enough goals from other parts of the team. Uh, for the most part, a couple of others have chipped in, but some of, you know, there are others, you know, Wobi has played a lot, but still is not contributing enough end product. Um, Mkhitaryan has been me- mediocre, kind of, for the most part of the season when he has played. You know, he's another who's not, you know, living up to his abilities. Um, but, you know, definitely there are, there are if those two don't score the goals, then Arsenal will struggle a little bit because they're, they're not quite getting enough from, from other areas. Um, so those, those will be key, you know, whichever one or both of them uh, starts. Uh, the other one I'd mention as a key player is Lucas Torreira. Um, yes. Just because, um, you know, as far as being able to kind of break up play and uh, provide cover for, for that defence, um, he has been excellent for the most part of the season in, in spite of having the poor game against Liverpool. Um, like I said, I don't know if maybe he will end up getting rested, um, you know, if that's what he needs. But if he plays, um, you know, he'll be key as well. Okay. What about the Aaron Ramsey situation? We talked about this first time we talked. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I, so Arsenal withdrew the contract offer to Ramsey. So he is free to leave at the end of uh, the season. And he's free to talk to uh, other teams in January. Uh, there's been some reports that uh, Juventus are interested, that Paris Saint-Germain are interested, that uh, maybe some others. There's been some talk that um, a couple of teams might even be willing to pay a transfer fee to take him in January which would not be his full value given that he's free. There's talk of, you know, 10 to 20 million, which would be a steal, but I suppose they'd be paying that to avoid, um, uh, you know, a race in the summer. So um, he's still been get, uh, getting played quite a bit. He, he um, I think, uh, I think he was captain against Liverpool uh, the other day. Okay. Um, so the, ma- the manager still has, and he is one of the club captains. I think Arsenal had like five captains. I'm a big fan of his, Larry, just so you know. Yeah, I mean, so am I. I think it's a real shame, um, you know, the way things have kind of broken out. And, and really, it's the whole his whole situation has been poorly managed by the club. To allow a player of Ramsey's capability and of his ability to run down his contract and get to a situation where he's likely to leave in a free in the end of in the end of the season, like it, it's it's malpractice basically is what it is. I mean, it really. It really reflects poorly on the prior kind of administration that um, it was allowed to happen, and, and they had made a contract offer to him, and it was apparently for a lot of money. And Ramsey had sort of been holding out, so he, he hadn't like they did make an offer to him, and it was apparently very generous. And he held was holding out, so then they just withdrew it and said, "Okay, you know, you didn't accept their offer. Okay, we're done." So, so that's kind of the situation at the moment. I think Ramsey wanted to stay. He just basically wanted more more money than than the club had offered. But um, you know, it, it shouldn't have been allowed to happen. Like really, okay. they should they should have sold him uh, last summer or the summer before, uh, because really this has been brewing for quite a while and they've been trying to get that deal done for quite a while to not get 
you know, at least 30 or 40 or 50 million for them, like depending on how, on how nature sold them, is really poor because Arsenal can't. Totally agree. Yeah, I mean, like, it's worth that. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and kind of create a poor mouse against the Fulham fan in terms of Arsenal's <laughs> financial situation. I, I understand that, right. relatively speaking, Arsenal are a rich club, but by sure. the same token, if they want to challenge for the title and if they want to make the Champions League, they can't afford to let forty or fifty million go astray. I totally like, agree with you. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not Manchester City. They can't make forty or fifty million uh, pound mistakes. Like if Man City. Spend fifty million quid on a player and it doesn't work out. They'll just shrug their shoulders and go buy another one. It doesn't matter <laughs> right. to them. But like, if, if Arsenal make that kind of investment, they they have to get it right. Yeah. And so the Ozil situations and the Ramsey situations are really like big big um, anchors around this team's neck yep. right now because there's so much money had been invested or is lost. You know, in in both of those guys, um, that really, you know, that that's that's you know, it's poor that the club allowed that situation, both those situations, to get uh, to where they are. Um, you know, it remains to be seen because Rosal, I mean, he, if it's the case that Emery doesn't trust Rosal and you know he's going to have to leave, well, that's fine. But there aren't that many suitors out there for him. And again, you know, I think Juventus might be the one who might come in for Oswald because Ronaldo loves playing with him and who might have um, the money to make it. But I don't think there's going to be a horse race uh, to spend 50 million quid on, on Mesut Ozil um, because he's on like, sure. 300 grand a week and most teams just, there are only a short list of teams that can pay that money. And I don't know that most of those teams are are in for for um, uh, for a player like Ozil. So, you know, um, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a tough spot in that regard. But yeah, I mean, Ramsey himself. I mean, he's I, I like him too. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where whatever system we've been playing, he he's kind of struggled to find a spot. Um, and that was kind of the case with Wenger as well. Um, I think he he is one of those players that it's tough to fit into a lot of systems. Um, you know, because as good as he is, kind of going forward, you almost have to kind of construct a team around him and allow for the fact that he's going to be kind of charging forward at his best sure. he's going to be charging forward and, and making you go and occasionally that's going to leave a gap kind of here and there um, right. and so if you're unwilling to do that then you know it's tough to fit him into an, another system I mean, he has enough quality that he'll still be a contributor don't get me wrong um, but yeah it's, it seems like um, you know his days are, are coming to an end as well as an Arsenal player well, that's unfortunate. He actually scored a fantastic goal against Fulham. But yeah. I hate to mention that he did. Uh, yeah. But that's why I kind of wanted to bring up because I'm a fan of his and I remember the goal. But I, I've followed him for a long time. I was just curious if there was any updates. So thank you for going there. Quickly, let's talk about Fulham. I want your thoughts about them. Obviously, things have changed now under Claudio Ranieri. I can tell you this, that the possession-based style is completely gone. That is a thing of the past that – we had under Savisi Jokanovic. It now is counterattacking. The last three matches we played with three center backs, basically five at the back. If I'm being completely honest, the wing backs really haven't gotten forward that much. They have a little bit, but they've been more defensive in shape, tougher to break down, and I expect that against Arsenal. But what are your thoughts about Fulman? And also, is there a player that concerns you from Fulman? 
Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I've seen a, a little bit. Of, I haven't seen the full uh, last two games, but I, I've seen uh, chunks of the last two games against uh, Huddersfield and Wolverhampton near, near the end of both games. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, it, it seems kind of what you're describing sort of seems to kind of match the little pieces I saw in that, um, you know, they, they were, were giving up a lot of possession against Wolves and then actually kind of went ahead. And, and that sort of felt like, uh, two points dropped when when they gave up uh, that lead, um, and then even yep. against uh, Huddersfield as well. It seemed like Huddersfield were a little bit more on top, um, at, at least in the in the in, in the little bit that I saw um, of that yep. game. Uh, but uh, Fulham obviously came out with the win. So um, yeah, I mean they certainly they looked like they've um, you know shored stuff up a little bit, um, you know under Ranieri for sure. Uh, you know, it, it seems like as uh, you know, scoring goals is obviously I think the the toughest part that they're they're sort of struggling with at the moment. They, right. You know, they're not a free scoring team. So as long as um, you know, you you can kind of get a couple, you feel like you you should be okay. We're depending uh, a lot think, on on Mitrovic right now. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, and Mitrovic is, is decent, but it's a lot of weight on his shoulders. Um, you know, so you know if. It's it's tough to kind of live or die, I think, by a player like Petrovic. I think because I mean he's, um, you know, is he going to score enough goals? Um, I think you know will it remains to be seen. Um, so it'll be it'll be a, I think a, you know I I I, I you know I, I don't know where your you know what your take kind of is from now, but it, to me it sort of looks like it's going to be a bit of a grind for Fulham uh, from yeah. here to the end of the season. Oh, because absolutely. It looks like you're you're going to have a lot of close results. Like you're not going to have. Uh, too many kind of comfortable wins between here and the, and the end of the season. There'll be a lot of one nil Barry, or I two ones or whatever. I completely else. agree with you. It's funny because yeah. my uh, co-host Emilio Danella said that he believes that Ranieri was brought in to win one nil, two one, and that's yeah. kind of what we're getting. Everything's going to be tighter at the back, and they're going to try to beat you on the counter. And uh, it's a complete one eighty from what Fulham were before. You know the. Many fans love the free flow in football, including myself, but it wasn't getting the results that they needed. So now we've gone in the opposite direction. There has to be a middle ground, uh, and I hope they find that middle ground because I, they have the ability to score goals. They do, but I think that most of the concentration right now has been defensively, and my hope that it eventually offensively catches up to what they've done with the foundation defensively, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, and, and that and generally that's always been the way. Um, unless you're Arsenal, that's always been the way you build a team, right? Is you get yeah. the defensive foundation right, and you sort of add on top of that. Uh, Arsenal have tended to kind of go in the opposite direction with that, so not <laughs> right. always with uh, positive results. So yeah, I mean, it, it looks like you know he's doing what's necessary there, right? I mean, they they weren't um, headed in the right direction. No. Um, you know, they they were far too leaky and, and not scoring enough. And now at least they they're not leaking as many, even if exactly. uh, the scoring is uh, continuing to be a challenge. But you know, they're not as attractive to watch. I'll tell you that. But yeah. I actually appreciate what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it'll it'll be interesting. I think. I mean, I I expect in that regard then that they're going to come uh, to Arsenal and and probably sit and and you know uh, look to to break on a counter attack, which yeah. is a perfectly valid um, tactic against Arsenal. They've looked vulnerable on the counter attack <laughs> all season. Um, so you know, I think I think the likes of uh, you know if if they can look to free up the likes of Sessegnon or whoever yeah. else herring down. 
um, on the counter attack, um, you know, that will be, uh, you know, where where they will look uh, to probably uh, uh, do some damage. So, okay. um, you know, there'll be a lot of, you know, there'll, there'll be Arsenal will need to be careful. I think, um, you know, because I I expect that they'll probably will be kind of dominating the game in terms sure. of uh, the attack, and and just they'll have to be careful of of um, getting caught on the counter. Um, so you know that will that will be the big thing. I think uh, that will decide the game. Okay, very good. Just want to mention that uh, uh, Arsenal Loney has been very good for Fulham recently. Calum Chambers playing as a defensive midfielder. Unfortunately for me, he will not be in this match, and that is a blow. I'm not going to lie to you. That actually affects Fulham, and they have yeah. an injury to Alfie Mawson, who's really. Uh, emerged as their main center back as the leader back there he looks like will not be involved i i again i don't have any more information but we are led to believe that it's highly unlikely that alfie mawson will be involved in this match so those are two significant losses for Fulham. but like you mentioned you have injuries and situations that you're dealing with as well so we'll see how that all plays out but larry listen thank you for doing this but before we go we have to go and get your prediction, and I'll share mine as well. Yeah, um, well, I'm hoping that, um, you know, we'll have a bit of a bounce-back game uh, for Arsenal here. I, I do think they should have enough quality, um, you know, to, to beat Fulham at home. I think, you know, for an Arsenal team, I think failing to beat Fulham at home would would not be um, a good result. So, sure. um, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go 3-1. Um, okay. you know, I, I don't expect a clean sheet because uh, those are like hen's teeth uh, for this team, but um, hopefully they'll have, a, have enough going up the other end uh, to counterbalance whatever Fulham can do. Okay, very good. I'm going with an Arsenal victory as well, but I'm actually going to go with 2-0. I think you're going to get the uh, clean sheet, but I think Fulham are going to be a little bit tougher to break down that's why i'm only going with two goals but we'll see you could be very right at three to one but i'm going to say that uh it would be a disappointment to give up three goals even though arsenal obviously can score three goals i'm going to go two nil to arsenal and uh we'll see what happens and uh hopefully i'm wrong and maybe Fulham pull off some kind of upset and get a result which would be incredible for us but it would be a major disappointment for you larry all right listen Thank you so much for doing this for a second time. I really appreciate it, Larry. Yeah, no problem. Uh, anytime, Russ. Okay, fantastic. Well, that is going to wrap up this episode of College Talk. For my guest, Larry Gunnan, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to College Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double-dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.